Everything that you need to do what you are called to do and what you are meant to do in this world is already within you and that you have the potential to lead and follow. Welcome to Beyond the Ball Podcast. What's going on, family? Uh, it's Jonathan Jones. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Ball. And here we focus on sharing stories, strategies, and pulling tried and true strategies to help you successfully navigate through entrepreneurship. And I'm here today with my guest and my friend, Dr. Shauna T. Sobers. Dr. Sobers, how are you? I'm well, thank you. That's how are good. You I'm good. I'm good. So Thanks when you, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you when you introduce yourself to people, how do you introduce yourself? It depends on who it is. Okay. But lately, it's been hello, I'm Dr. Silvers. Okay. You don't give no like credentials or nothing like that, because I mean, I know, because depending on, I'm not sure if you've been to a networking event, networking event recently. I have not, because I don't like them. But I've always realized that at those type of events. You get, sometimes you, don't, you get the name, but then it's like, I've done this, I've done that, I've done this, I've done that. Do you ever, like, this, is that ever natural or you just, you just start with the name and then you see where the conversation goes? Yeah, it depends on who I'm talking to, what the setting is, like what's going on, all of those things, but I tend not to right. share. But if I were gonna share, I okay. start with the, the TED Talk, because that's typically, most notable people, for the most part, know TED Talks or I'll say something about being an author or number of years that I've worked in the field, almost 20 now, so. Wow. Okay, wait, 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 slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down, wait a minute. Okay, so let's take it, take us back. So what's what's the title of the TED Talk and just give us like a a high level uh, of what you you talked about in the TED Talk, I know, but for the people. Like, you know, they want to search it up. Like, what's the title of it and everything like that? It's called Dance of Leadership. Okay. And at a high level, it is a mashup of Latin partner dance and leadership strategies that one could use anywhere. Mm. Any partnership, any relationship, how do we take the tenets of partner dance and apply it? Okay. And why, why was it dance that you chose? Right, or if this is, I don't think this is getting into your TED talk, but like why dance and leadership, like I, I, I can see how it could work, but why, why, why this and why, why the infatuation with dance? Yeah, so it came about because I am a dancer. Okay. So I think it helps when it's something that you're excited about because then people feed off of your energy. But it came about because I would go to different dance lessons and they would be talking about how to do that particular move or how to lead it and that instruction to me was like profound and universal and I was just like everyone needs to know this everyone can benefit from this anyone in any relationship can benefit and so then I started a blog Mm -hmm. and called it leadership lessons from dance okay and I started blogging and so whenever those moments would come up for me I would just write about it and people really seemed to resonate with it. And so then when UT Austin um, put a call out for their very first time doing a TEDx in 2018, um, I I applied, uh, even though it seemed like it was only for students, but I was like, I'm just gonna gonna go for it. 
Sure. Um, and so I went for it, I applied, but I didn't apply thinking about dance and leadership, actually. Huh. I applied thinking about my resilience model theory based on my research. And then I, I recognized that part of the application was also recommendations. And so then I asked some of my grad students and some of my colleagues to recommend me for the TED Talk. Mm. And one, it was one of my grad students that actually, when she was recommending me, said, hey, she's a dancer, she has this blog, this is, like, that's what they were excited about. And that's actually what they called me back for. Oh. And so I had put in this whole proposal for resilience, and then the, you know, organizers were just like, can you put in a proposal for this dance thing? Because that sounds exciting. Oh. And so at the last minute, I'm like, what am I gonna put? Oh, well, I went back through my blog, and pulled out the like four or five major things that people really resonated with and that's that's how the TED Talk was actually created. What's going on family? I hope you're enjoying the episode. I had to interrupt it real quick just to let you know this, right? I know you, you're looking up and you're seeing the, the Eric Thomases and you're seeing the Inky Johnsons and, and the Donnie Wiggins and the David Shands all on these big stages and you're like, how are they there and why am I not up there? And the crazy thing is, the secret is this, they have the secret weapon which you haven't tapped into just yet, and that's a podcast, all right? So look, if you're in the DFW area, if you're an entrepreneur, and you're a small business owner, you're saying, I want more eyes on my brand, I want to be able to monetize my voice, and I want to be compensated for sharing my wisdom and sharing my insight, well, you need to be at my free podcast workshop this coming up weekend, all right? So go ahead and look. I'm not asking you for nothing except you giving me a couple of hours of that Saturday, okay? So click the link just down below. Go to startyourpodcasthere.com, and I'm going to see you in the training because I'm going to show you how we can cancel out those excuses and now level up to get you on the stage next. Back to the episode. Wow, wow. And I think that's really cool just... Like from a high level view, like looking back, you've put out and documented like lessons from the past and things like that, that, you, that you've experienced. And then you're able to go back. Cause sometimes, you know, the work that we do, especially cause you got the doctoral terminal degree, yeah. right? You've put in work and I'm sure a lot of times you put your head down, there's papers that you've written and you forgot about, or you saved them over here. And, yeah. and then when it comes time for you to reference something, you're able to go back and like, oh wow, I did do this. And, and as I'm thinking about that, I just think so often we have accomplishments and we have things that we bury just based off of, okay, I got to keep working. I got to keep moving forward. I got to keep achieving and excelling. But I think, I think that's really awesome. One, that you could have done a TEDx two different ways. I, honestly, probably about four different ways. Um, but, you know, going back and doing... Uh, I hope to do another. Yeah, I mean, you, I, I, think, I think you will. I think you will. But I want to I, I wanna ask... What makes you so fascinated with leadership? Well, well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go there. We'll go. I got a different question, but we'll go there. We'll go there. What makes me fascinated with leadership? Hmm. Well, my doctorate is in education, administration, and leadership. Mm -hmm. um, so I did study leadership, but I think, hmm. okay, I'm going to answer this about dance first. Okay, yeah, talk to us. So the reason why I think leadership was so interesting for me in dance is because I wasn't expected to be a leader on 
want to dance for. And so my belief is that everyone has the potential to be a leader and that leading and following are both leadership. But they're roles that you play within the, a leadership model. So that, like, just in the way I think about things is different. And then when I went to learn how to lead as a dancer, um, and I began to challenge gender stereotypes and language, um, that just made it that much more profound for me and impactful. Um, so that's on one end, but I think that also translates to me in leadership, is I often like being in spaces where I'm not expected to be or I'm not expected to excel. And so I can remember just even in undergrad, um, taking on jobs like the head tech crew supervisor for audio and lighting in the theater. So I started as an usher, and that's typical of women to do. And then I moved to the back of house and then became the supervisor for tech and was one of few women who did that. And so I like challenging norms and stereotypes and doing things that people don't expect a person who looks like me or has my intersections of identity to do. And so as you begin to challenge those types of things, you get to recognize um, what sets you apart, and then you begin to recognize what makes you unique. And then the more I work to coach with people, or I really enjoy helping people learn how to supervise others. And so the more I learn how to help others help others, mm -hmm. then the more I'm unpacking what leadership is and how it can be. And um, I think it really has helped also to work at a minority-serving institution and work alongside um, Latina and Latinos and Latinx because they come from a culture and a community that's very community-based and no one wants to be out front. Um, but rather learning how to lead from the middle or learning how to lead from within is a concept that I was able to like share with them is being a leader doesn't have to look one way just because that's what we've seen in the dominant culture, but knowing that you can lead from anywhere in the organization, you don't have to have the title. People say that all the time, but people don't often have the examples of what does that look like, how to do that, what are, how do you tangibly make that happen. And so I was able to work alongside students as I advise student government and work with different leaders in different positions to get them to recognize the power that they had in who follows them, who's looking at them, who are their role model for, and that they don't have to be in charge of the whole organization. They can be in charge of an event and still be considered a leader. So just those types of things are what led me to be fascinated by leadership, how to convey it, how to talk about it, how to embrace it. What, what makes you qualified to teach, to teach leadership, right? And the reason I ask that is because uh, we're in a time now, right, where anybody can be self-proclaimed as a guru. <laughs> anybody can, you don't need a degree to be a coach. You don't need a certificate to be a coach, even though some people are out here paying 
astronomical numbers to be certified and to get somebody else's stamp of approval to be a coach here, be a coach there. Um, but but what makes you like what makes you qualified to, to teach on leadership or to talk on leadership, to be a thought leader on leadership? Um, I've been leading for over twenty years in different spaces, so I think my experience gives me qualifications. The testimonies of people who have been led by me is qualification. Uh, because I think that's what speaks volume, is what impact have I had as a leader? Um, where are my receipts? <laughs> for and, sure, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. And those are the things that make me qualified. But besides that, I do no, also I, have that, certifications. That, 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 no, 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 that, that, that speaks, no, 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 that speaks highly though. That speaks highly, but go ahead, you can, go ahead, you can say. I do also have certifications. Okay. And besides the Masters in College Student Affairs and the Doctorate in Education and Administration and Leadership, um, I am certified Gallup Strengths Coach. Mm -hmm. I am certified in Strengths-Based Leadership for Student Success. I'm certified in Intercultural Competency um, or Intercultural Conflict Styles and Intercultural Development Inventory. So well, do those you, are some certifications. Okay. Do, you, do you do consulting or coaching around that? Because, I mean, you said with the Strength-Based strength yeah. You gotta help me out. I'm getting tongue-tied. Clifton Strength. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Because I know with like with that, and I've even seen that when you understand a team, when you understand a team's objectives, mm -hmm. and then when you understand the strengths of the individuals that make the team, yes. it allows everybody to be so much more effective, efficient. Absolutely. And it helps the team flow. So much better when you're when you're aware. It's an amplifier. Yeah, well, yeah. When you're when you're aware of when you're aware of, okay, in my toolbox I have a hammer, I have a drill, I have a wrench. They do not serve the same purpose. You can try to use the wrench as a hammer. I've done it before. It's not going to be as effective as the hammer. Right. And if I'm trying to make a hole, I don't want to use a hammer because it's gonna. Well, if I want to make a hole, I use a hammer. But if I use a drill, this will make a hole to where you know I can put something else in it, so it's it more effective. And it can be secure, exactly. But if I use the hammer, then this is gonna be a hole. Yeah. Right? So I'm just trying to think because I, I I sat through I sat through one of your sessions when you when you talked well when you broke down uh, well what, what just walk us through because the people out there don't know what, what the session was over and you know, what, what was the purpose of the session? Talk, talk a little bit about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, before I talk about that, though, mm -hmm. I will say that Clifton Strengths, and that's what the session was about, mm -hmm. is really at its core positive psychology. And so it's really asking the question what would happen if we focus on what's right with us? rather than trying to fix what's wrong. Mm. Say it again, say it again, Dr. Silver. Say what it would again. happen if we focused on what's right with us yeah. rather than trying to fix what's wrong? Because we live in a society that focuses on deficits. Mm -hmm. We focus on what's wrong, we focus on what's broken, we focus on what's missing, we focus on what we're not doing, what we don't have. Mm -hmm. And so we don't really have 
good language or a robust language for talking about what we're good at, what we like about ourselves, what we love about ourselves, what we do well, what we bring to the table. It's really hard for us to talk about that. And there's often a fear for us that if we do talk about it even a little bit, yeah. that that would come across as being arrogant or being boastful or being, you know, full of yourself. Where it's like just a little bit, you know, yeah. um, or being able to acknowledge what you do well and being able to know it and then use that knowledge to help you strategize how to do it more and how to do it better and how to recognize where it can trip you up. You can overdo it or you can underdo it. The Clifton Strengths assessment is one of many ways, which is why I was certified in strengths-based uh, approaches for student success as well. So there's other tools. That's not the only tool, but it is a really good tool for thinking about what you're good at and what your characteristics are or what you how you perform and then once you have an, that tool then with a coach everyone needs a coach this is true everyone needs a coach coaches need coaches right this is true and so once you have a coach that can help you put a mirror up and see yourself or help repeat back to you what you've said through that lens um, or help you have activities or reflection or tools that you can use because you know yourself mm -hmm. and it's in there mm -hmm. it's just about someone being able to pull it out of you and being able to give you the resources to level you up yeah. and so that's that's the kind of work that that I do and then so I have kind of three main specialties Break it I like down. to, Break it I like down. to talk time. about. Take your time. And so dance of leadership is one of them. And mm -hmm. so I can certainly work with groups on just learning about leadership and just thinking differently about leadership and how they approach leadership. I like doing that with corporate um, places because usually they're having a lot of panels, a lot of speakers, and so this is a way to get into the body. Mm. And there's different ways that we learn things, and so moving Good. our body and just having a break from you know the mind stimulation Disruption. or incorporating it's, 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 it's disruptive. a little bit, and yeah. so then just getting them to dance and get out of your box a little bit then helps them remember the lessons that I'm teaching in between mm -hmm. the dance, mm -hmm. and so that's kind of nice. So it's not only dance; it's sure. dance, and there's also an educational component. So I really like doing that. Um, I like doing strengths one-on-one -on -one coaching, and if I'm working with a team. And then a supervisor of the team, then uh, that just like gives me goosebumps because then we can talk as a team about how do we understand one another, what we need from each other to be our best selves, how we can maybe judge others from what we know and how we do things rather than appreciate how someone's completely different. And so then that valuing others and appreciating others come when we begin to learn this tool and learn about ourselves. And then how do we create new pathways to do what we're already meant to be doing mm. by using the talents that are already there. Both what we're meant to do and what we want to do are uniquely designed to be using the tools that, that you know, were God-given. And so that's just like beautiful. So then I get to work 
I like it when I work in a workshop and then do one-on-one -on -one and then do another workshop or do one-on-ones and then a workshop. But I like that combination and so sure. that's like kind of my second realm of working with folks or consulting. And then the third piece is resilience and so being able to um, sustain in an environment where people um, like yourself or you're in your identities don't typically sustain. So my research was specifically on black women who were in executive leadership positions at predominantly white institutions and gaining from them the strategies that they used to get where they are and then stay where they were for over 10 years in, their, in that role, reporting directly to the president of the university. And so then I took that knowledge and information and eventually over time of working with, um, you know, doing a lot of workshops and doing pre-conferences and institutes and um, this is my five-year anniversary of hosting a monthly gathering of black women at UT. And so from all of those conversations, creating a model that anyone can use to build their resilience in anything that's coming at them. And so, but the overarching is positive psychology. What's right with you in leadership, in you know, supervision or how you're looking at yourself and how you're using that to navigate, and in your resilience, the thread is positive psychology looking at what's right. Why, why do you think it's so hard for us not to focus on what's right, but focusing on, oh, I, I, got, I got a 94 but I didn't get these six, and now I'm upset about these six are, you know, well, why do you think it, that is? We're socialized that way. We mm -hmm. get rewarded for putting ourselves down or mm -hmm. for focusing on what we did wrong. Like, we bring home the report card, mm -hmm. and we got, you know, a C, two Bs, and an A. The first thing someone's gonna comment on is what? The C, the C gets the most attention. But this philosophy flips that. It doesn't say to ignore mm -hmm. those things. It says to pay most attention on the area of strength. So hey, you got that A, there's clues there. There's gems there that we're leaving on the table. Mm -hmm. Why did you get that A? What was it about that teacher, the way they taught? What was it about the subject? Like what were the strategies you used to study? Like how did you stay interested? And then how do we do that same thing in these other subjects that you didn't do so well in? How do we find a teacher who does that or a tutor who does that? How do we you know, use those same study habits that you used over here? How do we combine this so that we can fit, you know, like manage the weakness and then leave it there and be like, okay, it's good, it's good enough where it is because that's not where my area of strength is. That's not where my you know, um, investment is gonna exponentially grow. This is, so I'm gonna spend most of my time here. I'm gonna do this to the point where it doesn't impede my growth, but then I'm gonna leave that, if that's a B, and that's where it lies, that's it, and then I'm gonna spend most of my time in this place where it, there is an A, because I can get A pluses there, or I can, you know, start leading others there. I can start, you know, creating a following there. Mm. So I usually ask this towards the end, but I'm just gonna ask it now. What's, what's something that you want people to know that people either typically don't ask you? Yeah, that's it, we'll stop right there. Like, what, like what's something you want people to know 
that nobody has asked you or people typically just don't ask you, but you want, you want the people to know this about you or about your work or whatever. So, <laughs> That's a really good question. Hmm. What is something that people don't typically ask me that I want people to know? Mm -hmm. People ask me a lot of stuff. Um, what I found myself talking about more mm -hmm. is that I, and I think we started talking about it a little bit, is that I am an introvert. Okay. And I think that's fascinating, and I would want people to know that about me because I think some people hold themselves back from getting in certain arenas because they think that there's only one way to do it. And for me, I've got, I cannot believe that I do the things that I do, um, but it comes from the place of my strengths and what I'm passionate about. And then that gives me the fuel to then like go out there and speak about it. If you put me in a room with a whole bunch of people, <laughs> I'm probably gonna observe and um, not not speak and not shine for a little bit until I warm up and you know begin to be introduced to people or um, you know feel comfortable. Then I then I then I let loose and then people are like, where was all of that this whole time? Um, but I am an, an introvert and when I say that, often people are like. I don't that no that's like that's wrong like if I don't know myself um, or like I don't believe you because I'm able to um, speak or present or have energy and enthusiasm and so the piece of it that I think is important for people to know is that when I talk about introvert extrovert I'm thinking about and talking about where do I get energy not what I can and can't do. So I'm competent. I can do things, but I still identify as an introvert because I get energy from being in reflection, being in my mind. And one of my Clifton strengths is intellection. And that's like liking to muse or philosophize or, you know, think through things. Um, and process and so that's where I get my energy that's where I recharge that's where I get my fuel and then because I've done that work then I can come out and speak about it and talk about it and share with others what I've been thinking and then their thoughts and their feedback then feeds me so that I can keep doing it more but it's not about oh you can't you know get up and speak and have energy it's more about after that, I'm exhausted, and then I need to go plug in again, like we do with our phones. For sure, yeah, I get that. Have, have you ever been in a room, and you've been sitting back, taking it in, and then you, ne let me rephrase it, have you ever missed out on an opportunity in a room because you sat back too long, and you were just I'm in sure. your in, in, introverted, introverted state? <laughs> yes, yes, I'm sure I have. I think I did that a lot as a child and as a young, professional um, and and so then I think that experience helps me to now um, speak up a little bit quicker 
um, when I'm in a room and I have something to say or I feel like I, my voice or my perspective or my experience could be contributing or could be insightful and useful, then I'll speak up a lot quicker than I, than I used to. And then, of course, I'll have, um, as Brene Brown talks about, then I'll have vulnerability hangover, and then I'll go <laughs> and like process and think about all the things that I said and be like, oh, do I regret this? I don't know. Like, is it bad? Vulnerability hangover. Yeah, it's, it definitely feels like a crash. It feels like, oh, no, like a sickness of like, did I speak too much? Did I, did I share too much? Did I... Yeah, like all of those questions. Um, and so I do go through that as well, but most of the time people are very thankful that I did speak up and, and I check in with people like, was that too much? And they're like, oh my goodness, no. So. Well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> that's good. I mean, that's good to even have people to check in with, like, you know, sure. to be able to. Uh, Stop what, the consult. <laughs> yeah, con consult. And I mean, cut that off too, like yeah. cutting off the self doubt because it's. It's, it's tricky that if we stay in our mind too long, like as you talk about musing and what you say, intellectual size and say it. Um, introspective. Well, no, you use the or different word. Or intellection is the. Yeah. So just you know, just being just being in the in the state of intellection too long. Right. Then, I mean, There's a shadow side to that. I was about to say, talk about that. The talk, shadow side. Yeah, talk about the every the every side, strength has a shadow side. Has something where okay, so. This is the quote that I'll often share is, every leader will make their biggest mistakes in their area of strength. Mm. Every leader will make their biggest mistake in their area of strength because it's what you do naturally. You don't have to think about it. You're gonna mm. do this thing. It's a natural reoccurring pattern of your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors is a talent. And so when you become a leader, that can become a crutch because it's like, hey, what got me here, I'm going to keep doing. But rather, um, it becomes a blinder sometimes. And then, then we're just focused on this is the way we do it. This is the way I've gotten here. That happens a lot for supervisors. They become a supervisor because they did good work, and so now they think to be a good supervisor, they gotta get everyone else to do it the way they did it. Mm. And it's not acknowledging that there's other ways to get there, For and sure. there's other ways to support, and there's other ways to scale things. And so when you become a leader, yes, do the things that are in your strength, but also have around you the advisory board of people who can tell you the truth, because the higher up you go, the less people feel comfortable telling you sure. about yourself or telling you what they're actually thinking. Yeah, yeah. And so you have to be able to create a culture of people that you can check in with, like, tell me for real, like, how is this going? How is this doing? What am I missing? What am I forgetting? And continue to be mentored by others so that then you can continue to use your talents without it tripping you up and causing you to fall flat on your face. You want to fall forward, not fall flat. Gotcha. All right, so we're gonna take we're gonna take a slight pivot, okay. Okay? okay? And we're gonna lighten up a little bit. This is called this segment called this or that, where you choose like one okay. or the other. What <laughs> you say? Oh dear. I don't know. Let's see. Oh my goodness. Okay, you're gonna choose one or uh, one or the other. <sighs> Are you ready? Nope, but we're doing it anyway. Uh, okay. 
Winters or summer? Summer. Okay. Uh, big get together, small gathering? Small. Pancakes or waffles? You look I was like going to say either. either. Oh, you, I, I said you look like you didn't want to say either. No. Okay. But uh, pancakes. Okay. Uh, Chick fil A or Raising Canes? Chick fil A. Chick fil A or Popeyes? Popeyes. Audiobooks or podcasts? Audiobooks? Okay. What like like what what's a give, give me give me your top three give me your top three books I just want to hear this your top this one has to be leadership book this is your top three books like you would recommend to somebody just. it depends on who it is of course but I do enjoy um, the Dresden Files okay. it's a sci-fi series okay about. Um, a, a private investigator in a fairy tale world, okay. or like a cross between Chicago and the Never Never of the fairy tale world. Okay. So he's solving, you know, problems that are in our world, but caused by fairy tale creatures. Okay. It's okay. it's. It's good. Okay. And it's um, Jim Butcher, and they're on book like 23. And so I really enjoy that you get to stay with those characters and you get to, you know, delve into new, different ways of thinking about supernatural beings. So that one. Okay. Do you think supernatural beings are real? Like, is that a real thing? It could be. When you say supernatural, what does that mean? Oh, there's so many different, well, in the books, at least, there's, like, oh, okay. werewolves, and then he'll go through different types of werewolves. Okay, okay. And then, okay. or, like, you know, vampires, or, like, gotcha. you know, necromancy, they'll go through, you know, different, he explores okay. a lot of things. Fairies, trolls, yeah. Okay. I'm just kidding. So, it could be. Um, okay. Maybe. Okay, okay. <laughs> now, now I want I just want to give you a chance to um, this is this is what I like to call this the, the winter circle of the week, right? Okay. And uh, I just like to give people an opportunity to shout out somebody or give somebody flowers to somebody who you've seen work, be diligent in their space, their industry, wherever it might be, whatever it might be but they may feel unseen or overlooked or whatever that might be. Who was that person or persons for you? Man, wow. Um, I think Dr. Mylon Kirksey. Okay. Do you recognize that name? I don't think so, but keep going. That's why he deserves the flowers because he's done so many things and just is such an amazing leader and has helped so many different leaders and yet is not really like well-known yet. Okay. Um, but he is, um, in particular, I think he's really great at the 
and he's the reason why I'm certified in intercultural development inventory. So he's really great in organizational governance and design and consulting on how do you understand organizational change through this lens of intercultural competency. This really powerful stuff. But he's the impetus for um, the Longhorns for a Culturally Competent Campus that we have on campus, okay. or what we call LC3. And so it's a class, or it's no credit, so students volunteer to wow. come be a part of this, and it's 10 weeks, and they, they come in, and we have a bunch of instructors that are part of it because whoever's in that class or that cohort also gets coaching one-on-one. -on -one. So they take this inventory pre and post. We go through the lessons of privilege and power and socialization, the cycles of socialization or conflict styles are all of these different topics. Mm -hmm. And we spend, you know, 20 to 30% of the class time just explaining the topic, but the 70 or 80% in dialogue. So they have to learn how to talk about these topics and talk with one another about these topics and learn how to give feedback. And then you go off with your coach and you talk about where your development is and how you made sense of what happened in that classroom space and how you engage with other people around those topics and how it was influenced by your mindset of how you see how to communicate around culture. And then you come back the next week and you continue to build. And so he's really the impetus for that at um, Georgia State and then as well as University of, of Texas. Wow. And yeah, and it just, and he's also um, like a faculty in, with the in, um, intercultural development inventory space and we go around consulting. And so many universities probably know his work and have. Um, felt the impact of his um, consulting without it being like really widespread. And he's actually the reason why I'm in Texas now. Wow, okay. He's okay. a supervisor I followed. He said, this is a good space for you. And I was like, I believe it, I trust it, and I know that you wouldn't recommend something that wouldn't be, and it has been such a great move for me. Nice, nice. Well, now I want you just to tell everybody where they can find you, follow you, connect with you, all that good stuff at this time. Absolutely. Hi, everybody. Um, so you can find me on Instagram, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, all with Shauna T. Sobers as the, the handle and also as my website, shaunatsobers.com. So that's how I find there we go. And you have a final word that you want to leave with the people? Just, I don't know, anything on your heart you just want to share? I would say know that everything that you need to do what you are called to do and what you are meant to do in this world is already within you and that you have the potential to lead and follow. There Mahalo. There it is. Can't, can't say it any better than that. Uh, if you enjoyed uh, our conversation today and you want to find more content like it, be sure to subscribe on our YouTube channel. You can type in Beyond the Ball Media uh, on YouTube. And if you uh, listen to the audio version of this podcast, be sure to follow the podcast Beyond the Ball with Jonathan Jones. 
until next time, family, I'm Jonathan Jones, and uh, we're out. How do you feel? How do you feel? Right? Yeah, you said you do well in interviews.